Welcome into another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. And uh, what a day it was on yesterday. Boy, Kramer Hickok really stirred up some news. So I want to say welcome to all the new people that are here, all the new listeners here to the Stripe Show podcast. Welcome in. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate us. Give us all the kind of good stuff so we keep doing well. But thank you for being here. But yesterday really was insane. So Kramer Hickok told us that uh, there are quite a few guys, 17, which is the first time we've had a number put on it, that there were 17 guys that were interested in possibly moving over to the Saudi league. We talked about it. He said he was not one of them, that he was perfectly happy playing on the PGA tour. And I think that that's the sentiment of most guys. But uh, once again, yesterday, that's what we had. And so today we have got one of the hottest players on the PGA tour over the last few weeks. I mean, absolutely killing it. We're talking the 2022 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am champ. He beat the likes of Jordan Spieth coming down the stretch. Second at the Amex, T14 at the Waste Management Phoenix. Second in the FedEx Cup points. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Stripe Show podcast, Tom Hoagie. Tom, thanks so much for joining us, man. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, hopefully, I'll keep this a little more down the middle of the road than Kramer did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> he really uh, yeah. he got us off to a uh, crazy start yesterday. And I, I don't think he really, uh, I, I don't think he's overstepped his bounds or anything, but I think he kind of just kind of put everything together, what we've been hearing for so long, and nobody really understands what's going on. Is this thing real? I think there's been people that have questioned whether the Saudi league is a real deal. And yesterday, maybe that let us know that it is real. We've heard rumors of hundreds of millions of dollars being offered to players. Um, what's the chatter going on in the clubhouse and the locker rooms that you're hearing amongst players? Yeah. I mean, I think that, like you said, the rumors have been going on for so long now and um, definitely know the guys that would be interested in this sort of thing. But um, I saw a few quotes from uh, Colin Morikawa yesterday he kind of made the comment that, you know, at this point, it's pretty much still just rumors. It doesn't seem like there's any real answers as far as what's going on and whatnot. And so, you know, I think that the players are all kind of being mentioned and thrown out there. But until anybody really sees anything concrete, it's hard to really get on board with anything from a player standpoint. But, um, you know, I guess at the end of the day, everybody's going to have their price. You know, what? how much money can you put in front of somebody to make them say no, you know? So... It's an interesting time for golf. It's an interesting time to watch it play out. Um, and I've just tried to go play well and see where it all falls. Yeah, I mean, Colin brings up a good point where he said he dreamed of playing on the PGA Tour as a young boy. And now he is here. He is living his dream playing on the PGA Tour. I think that says a lot when we have guys like Tiger, when we've had somebody like Rory, we've had Brooks. We've had a lot of guys say, I understand what's going on over there, but that's just not for me. And Colin kind of said the same thing yesterday, that it's just not something he would be interested in. Yeah. And that's kind of the part that I've always kept going back to um, kind of when you first started hearing these rumors is that it's a crazy amount of money guys are, guys are being presented with, but um, you know, we've got such a great lifestyle out here. We've all made a lot of money to this point, you know, and at some point you've got to have something more than money that's going to motivate you. But right. um, you certainly can't fault anybody for for looking at that money and considering it because it's uh, it's a big number being thrown out there. Yeah, I think the name that keeps coming up, there seems to be two names that really are kind of constantly coming up when it comes to this, and that's Bryson and Phil. And they seem to be guys they think maybe you would go. Phil is, you know, towards the end of, of, of his career. He's had an amazing run, made a lot of money. It does seem strange that now he seems to have a gripe with the tour after how well he's a second 
most money winner of all time on the PGA Tour. Now to have a gripe about money seems strange. Uh, and then Bryson seems to have an axe to grind a little bit as well. They seem to be the two names, and I'm not sure who else would join them if they were to go. But it just seems weird. to It's such a heavy price to pay to not be able to play on the PGA Tour ever again, as they're saying, if that's something that you want to go do. It really kind of closes this out for you, and you have to hope that the Saudi League lasts long enough that you're able to continue playing golf. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would all be speculation at my point still, but, um, you know, the Saudis have so much money behind them that they can make this thing work as long as they want to, really. Um, so I guess that's the stance that they're taking. You know, I've heard those same two names kind of being their key guys as well, but uh, like I said, it's all speculation and rumors from what I've heard, so I've got nothing real concrete, and certainly Kramer had a little better knowledge than I would have of the whole situation. But um, like I said, it's a, it's a really interesting time for golf. Um, there's certainly been a lot of changes in the PGA tour in the last year and a half, two years to kind of counter this as it is and keep these big name guys. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, as a player, you kind of want to play where all the best players are. So hopefully we can keep things intact and uh, keep moving the game forward. Yeah. I think it says a lot about the PGA tour. You know, when you're, when you're losing or on the bottom, nobody's coming after you, but when you're on the top and you're, program and your sport is doing really well that's when people start looking at you so i think it says a lot about the state of golf and where we are that i mean for a long time it felt like as tiger woods went the pga tour went and let's be honest the, the pga tour is better when tiger woods is out there when tiger woods is a part of it and it's great to have him this week as host at the genesis and have him just just being there is good but golf is in a really really good spot and i think that's why it has opened up an opportunity like this for somebody to say hey we can take a little piece of the pie and be successful. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the emergence of, um, you know, sports betting and that sort of stuff has, has opened up a lot of doors too. And, um, you know, just so many, so many new ways to reach fans. And I think it's great for the game. I think that, you know, COVID's had such a big impact on the game of golf and brought so many new people in as well. So, you know, there's a lot of momentum and um, things are in a great spot, you know, for me, it, I keep coming back to it that uh, I get to play golf. I get to do what I love. You know, we're at Pebble Beach, we're at Riviera, we're at some great golf courses and being compensated really well for it. So, um, you know, I'm very grateful for the opportunities I've been given. That really is the best way. <laughs> that real, I mean, when it really comes down to it and you really kind of run everything through and you see what's left in the pot is that you do. You play some amazing golf courses set up just for you guys. It's absolutely beautiful. You see the world. And you're playing golf for a living, which somebody like me, I'm terrible at golf. If I played golf for a living, I'd be, I'd be skinny and broke. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about your play over. I mean, last year, uh, last calendar year, part of the fall series at the RSM, you played very, very well. I believe you had a, a second or a fourth or something there. Yeah. Fourth at the RSM. Yep. Yeah. And then you come out and the at t Pebble Beach, I remember I um I was watching that tournament. Jordan had a lead, and I saw the out of the bunker on 17. He hits it out of the out of the bunker, knocks it to about five feet. And then of course my wife says, Hey, can you run to the store and grab something? And I'm so I'm I'm trying to watch it on my phone while going to the grocery store. And yeah, Jordan did he did miss that five footer. He did hit it a little heavy out of the bunker, didn't get up and down. But that's not why he lost that tournament. He lost that tournament because you went on a run there at the end that you went out and just took it away from him. What what has allowed you to do that? Does something change in your game? I don't know. I'd say anything changed. I would say I've just got – just try to keep getting a little bit better every year. And, um, 
you know, I would say if I look back, you know, my iron game's always been my strength. Let's say I, what's held me back in the past, I need to drive a little bit straighter and uh, I need to put a little bit better. And um, things have been gradually improving there where I feel like I'm driving it pretty well. And, you know, Pebble Beach is a good fit for me in that there's not a lot of drivers you have to hit. But when you do, there's generally pretty wide landing areas to get in. So, um, and, you know, that all happened so fast. You know, I was just trying to keep hitting good shots one after another and just kind of let it fall where it may. And, um, you know, looking back, I hit it close there a lot on the back nine. Um, and, and I guess I didn't quite realize at the time how many good chances that I had. I just kept firing in there one hole after another, it seemed like. But, um, you know, for me, I really felt like I was a little too far back on the front nine because I made a double bogey on the fifth, a bogey on the eighth. And generally, you know, if you make that many mistakes on a Sunday, you're probably not going to, you know, have enough to get up there near the top. But right. um, kind of like I had some new life almost. When I looked up making the turn and saw that I was still right in the game, only one shot back at that point. Where were you on the golf course when you realized, because I know you made some, you made a bomb of a putt. I believe it was on 17. You made a pretty big putt. Yep. Um, where were you on the golf course when you realized, wait a second. I know you said when going into the back nine, you're only one back, but then Jordan had got a, I think he got a two stroke lead at one point. Where were you where you realized, Hey, I make a couple of putts here and I got this thing. Yeah. I would say I never felt like I got this thing, but uh, <laughs> I mean, standing you know, on 18 on, on 18 T did you think, Hey, I, you know, I've got this or, or, or are you still just keeping with your game? Plan? Well, I knew I was up to at that point, but uh, you know, Jordan's up ahead of me and he seems to hold a shot from everywhere all the time. Um, and I knew Bo Hossler was still behind me with a chance. Um, so it wasn't like it was over at that point yet, but um, I made a nice putt on 11 from above the hole. That was a big, big breaking putt uh, from about 10 feet. And then on 14, I hold about a 20 footer. And um you know, I knew I was still chasing at those points, but had some good chances coming ahead with the pins that were ahead. Um, but yeah, like I said, you don't feel like it's over until that last putt goes in and in the, the last groups hold out. Um, so even after I finished, you know, I felt great the whole way. I, I hit it above the hole on 18, had a tough two putt coming down the hill and I felt fine the whole way until I ran it by about four feet, looked up and Bo Hossler standing in the middle of the fairway, only two back. Uh, yeah. So Somehow I shook that one in the left side of the hole and uh, it all worked out for me. Yeah. I mean, a two shot lead does give you a little bit of extra cushion there, but you're right. That, that four footer, the, the, you, it's got to look like trying to fit a ball in a thimble when you're trying to make a four footer to win a golf tournament. Yeah. And I felt great the whole day. And then all of a sudden I kind of looked up walking down and I was like, Oh shit, don't, don't be the guy to blow this one here. So uh <laughs> got me a little more nervous. Than I needed to be over that four footer, but um, yeah, I mean, it was cool. I've had troubles on 18. Uh, last year I was in the final group with Jordan Spieth and I hit driver right at that tree in the middle of the fairway and it stuck in the tree. I had to go back and re tee. Awesome. So uh, I've had my share of problems there in the past. It was nice to have a two shot lead going to that tee and kind of take driver out of my hands. Wow. Now going back <laughs> to just this past week at the, uh, at, at the waste management, another great week. I saw your name on the leaderboard. You're up near the top all weekend long. I know you had a great run on Saturday to get, get back in the mix again. And there's been so much talk about the waste management and is it good? Is it bad for golf in, in my, well, you know what, actually I'm going to ask you your opinion first. Do you like what the waste management is? Do you like what it represents in the field of golf? I think it's fantastic for golf. I mean, we get more people there on Saturday than you get at most tour events, you know, for a week. So um, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, uh, does it go overboard at times for sure? I mean, but, but if you're signing up for that tournament, you know, that, you know, what you're getting in for, um, and you've just got to embrace it. Um, and we were talking, you know, Thursday, Friday, I was playing with Max Homa 
And uh, he mentioned the Thunderbirds were wanting to see a hole in one again because it's been a few years. Nice. And uh, I mean, what a cool deal when those hole in ones start going in Saturday and Sunday. We were on the third hole on Sunday. It was weird because uh, on Saturday, I think we were a couple groups behind Sam Ryder when he made the one. And for some reason, I didn't hear that one at all. We were out on 14, I think, a little ways away. But on Sunday, we were on the third hole, looked over at 16, and you could see beer flying through the air from, from a few holes over. So uh, pretty funny. And, you know, that's kind of our one event a year that we get something like that. So uh, we can all deal with it for one week. I agree. I love it. I think it's good for the game of golf. I've got a couple buddies of mine uh, that are not huge golf fanatics. One's an NFL coach. And on Saturday night, he brought it up to me. He's like, oh, man, I saw that hole in one today at the, at the golf tournament. And it, it still it puts eyes on our sport that maybe aren't always on our sport. And so, therefore, I think it's good. I know the golf purists have an issue with it. Uh, the, they sound like the old get off my lawn guys. But it's <laughs> exactly. fun. It, 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 it adds. I, I think there's three types of people at a golf tournament. You have people like me that are going to go no matter what. You have your old school people who like the way things are, the way they used to be. And then there's people that are going to a golf tournament who really aren't really into the golf tournament, but they're going and they're learning and it's still putting new eyes on our sport. And I think that that's who that brings. And and I would like to see more tournaments embrace that and maybe have that type of atmosphere. Not exactly like that. I know that that tournament's always going to be kind of the top of the mountain when it comes to that atmosphere. But I would like to see that embraced and maybe woven into a couple other tournaments where we have the ability on those kind of holes to do that again. Yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, whatever, whatever we can do to get more fans out at our events is great. And, um, and ultimately, you know, more kids that are able to be exposed to the game because they're kind of our next, uh, our next wave here. So, you know, it's great. Um, I know a lot of events have tried to kind of make a signature hole like that on their, on their course. Um, you know, Phoenix works well because that's a pretty easy hole for us. Um, some of the other ones, you know, they try to do it on 17 at PJ National at the Honda yeah, next it's week. It's, that hole's brutal. <laughs> uh, not the hole to be getting heckled for sure. But, no. um, yeah, it's fun. You know, anything anything to kind of keep golf, you know, light and fun and, and moving forward here, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, it is. And when we talked to Kramer uh, yesterday, Kramer said that he was on the range. He had, he had finished. He had gone through about uh, he said about 45 minutes or an hour before riders okay. one and he said you could smell the beer on the range <laughs> that's how much beer was in the air yeah the, the, the people just like throw it and then then you know there was a hole in one i think there was two thousand seven hundred and some odd tee shots in between the last hole in one and sam oh. riders and then 33 shots later ortiz knocks one in which wow, ortiz's incredible. shot was was much further i guess the pin was much deeper on sunday yeah. than it was on saturday yeah, the pin was in back Sunday. It was funny because we came through after Sam did, and I made about a 20-footer for birdie. Nobody really seemed to get that, that excited after the hole-in-one. So uh, <laughs> their expectations changed a little bit for sure. It did. And then on Sunday, I don't know if you saw Justin Thomas chipped in. He hit it over the green. Uh, he chipped in, and they started throwing him again. On the, It's like they were just they were just ready to, they were ready to party exactly. on Sunday. But Kramer said there's a lot more people there on Saturday than there is on Sunday. Is that, is, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I would say there's – well over 200,000 on Saturday and I would be shocked if they got to a hundred thousand on Sunday. So uh, it definitely clears out things a little bit easier come Sunday to try to win a golf tournament. That's insane. It really, it is fun. And, and um, I'm actually here in, in, in Ponte Vedra at the home of the players. And so we've got that coming up in a couple of weeks and 17 is a fun atmosphere, not a very long hole, 137 yards. However, once again, it does bring that atmosphere of there's a lot of people that you can, you can hear, even when people are quiet, 
when you're about to tee off, you can still hear kind of the chatter of the people talking just a rumble and everybody's waiting for a hole in one on that hole as well. And they, they've put that atmosphere there to an extent. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, that's a very penalizing hole as well. If you miss more so much more so than Phoenix. So, you know, that, that one's tough. You know, that one's, I would say is more so the pressure, you know, such a big golf tournament that we all want to win a lot of money at stake, you know, now with the $20 million purse. So there's a lot more factors that play in on 17 and Sawgrass than there are in Phoenix. And, um, you know, that's a hole that you walk up on Monday, Tuesday. There's no problem hitting the middle of the green. Away you nope. go. And by Sunday, that green gets firm and, and the wind comes up and that, that thing's brutal. It is. And you even see it when you're coming up 16, when you're coming, because you've got the uh, the par 5 16th there. From your second shot on 16, if you try to go forward, even if you lay up, you know it's right there. It's just over your right shoulder. And you don't even really want to look over at it because you know it's there. You but know it's it does, the first 15 holes, too. You're waiting for that one, too. You are. I don't know about you. I played it in a media day. Uh, I played it in a media day last Monday, so about 10 days ago. And I just, I remember wanting to hit a shot that kind of felt like I was going to hit on 17 before I got there, just so I had that feeling of what that good shot would feel like. Do you guys do that as you kind of get closer to that hole? Do you have that shot you try to feel? Not a lot. I mean, the hardest part for me in, in my game, I feel like, is that um, I'd love to hit a full pitching wedge, but it doesn't seem to quite get on top of that ridge in the middle of the green. And so I'm always trying to chip a nine iron to some back pins that can bounce right through real fast. So it's just kind of that in-between yardage for us they set us up for. And uh, – makes that shot pretty hard. It really is. I mean, it's a, it, it is a great golf hole. It's fun. And I mean, my buddies, anytime I tell them I played TPC Sawgrass, all they ever say is, what'd you do on 17? What'd you do on 17? Yeah, exactly. Do you guys do that as pros? Do you, do you look back and see, Hey, what'd they do on 17? A little bit, probably not to the extent, you know, just cause we play so many more rounds there, but um, you know, what a cool hole. I mean, what a finish, you know, you've got a, such an exciting par five, the 16th hole where you can make, you know, we saw two there a few years back with uh, Rafa. Yep. And you can make a big number as well. I mean, all those holes have such a wide variety of scores you can make. And 18 is just a very demanding finishing hole. So, uh, you know, a great finish for kind of our major as the Players' Championship. Yeah, that 18 drive is is nothing that yeah. you want to mess with. I mean, la- last year, I still think Justin Thomas can't believe that ball ended up in the fairway. He hit that three wood. It started out at the trees, but it looked like it was no way going to stay dry. It hit a down left slope and kicked right and stayed into the fairway. I guess just when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But that that the drive on 18 is definitely an underrated tee shot on how difficult that is. Yeah, and I mean, even the second shot, you know, they put that pin front left there for us. Uh, for Sunday. And I remember in the practice run last year, I was hitting chips from kind of short right of the green. And, you know, just with the, with the speed of the firmest, the greens, you know, chips were going in the water from right there. So, you know, you definitely can't bail out on the second shot into 18 because you'll be over there on the right and kind of those Hills and um, you know, just a great finish. And you've really got to step up and hit some great golf shots in order to win that golf tournament. Right. Tom, has anything changed in your game? I mean, from last year at the RSM to the Amex to um, to the AT&T, to the, to the waste management, did something change? Did you find something that you just feeling so much more comfortable with? No, I mean, you know, I felt like I was playing really well at the end of last year, probably even better than I am right now. Um, I just didn't putt as well the last couple of weeks when I, when I really hit it well. Um, and so even at uh, Palm Springs, I felt like I played fantastic tee to green the whole week and had a kind of an average putting week. Um 
and things kind of click for me when I switched putters there at Pebble Beach to a putter that my caddy Henry had made. But yeah, um, yeah, can we get a little deeper into that? Like you, you were not just going to gloss right over that. So you, I know you were struggling putting, or yeah. to, to your standards, you were struggling putting. And so he decides to not only he comes up with an idea, but the putter that he wanted to make for you does not exist. And so he went to Odyssey and ordered it and had a different neck put on it. Is that correct? Yeah. So, yeah. For So I started off Hawaii. I missed the cut on the golf course. I feel like I should play great at every year. Didn't putt that well on the second day. Finished second in Palm Springs and still felt like I was kind of so-so putting. I was trying out some different putters at the start of the week at Torrey Pines. Missed the cut there, even though I felt like I played pretty good. And went home that weekend and kind of went and messed around with some old putters. I've had I've been a kind of a spider guy. Uh-huh. I've kind of always been a mallet putter with uh, with a plumber's neck sort of uh, setup. The plumber's and, neck uh, is the one that kind of goes like this. It's got the over yep, and down. Yep, okay. exactly. And, um, you know, I like to line up my line on the golf ball putter. I get those to match pretty good. And, and I just seem to be having some problems with alignment and where my eyes were looking down the line. And I didn't know about it. I showed up Monday to uh, Pebble Beach, and Henry had a putter from Odyssey for me, Odyssey two ball with the plumber's neck on it. And he said he had that in the works for a few weeks. Um, I had no idea. They had some problems with the weight, getting the weight right, because the plumber's neck added a lot of weight with the head. Um, so they were constantly trying to shave some more weight off, get, it, get the swing weight right. But, um, you know, it looks so good when you set it down to me. It lines up, sets up real square. And I just loved it right from the get-go. Um, and, and um, yeah, you know, the results spoke spoke for themselves there. So that the week. first time you put it in the bag was at the AT&T. Yeah. And you won yeah, with it. Yeah. And, um, and made you know, some I, pretty big putts. Yeah. I brought the spider out from uh, f- from home that week. I was, I was pretty convinced I was going to go back to the spider when I when I was flying to Pebble Beach. Um and even through Wednesday, I say I was kind of working back and forth still with both of them and, and ultimately decided not going with this new two ball that uh, Henry had set up for me. And um, I made some bombs right off the bat on Thursday there at Pebble Beach and some putts that I really didn't expect to make. And, uh, yeah, I mean, some big putts on Sunday for sure. So I'm guessing that this one is in the bag to stay. The spider went back to the house and is going to be in the uh, in, in the in the locker for a while on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully, hopefully things work out that way. It's golf, though, so it's on a week-by-week basis for sure. You know what? It feels good to hear you say that because me, in the room I'm sitting in, in my studio here in my house, I've got uh, I've got a little putting mat, and I've got one, two, three, four. I've got six putters over there. There's a couple of spiders. There's a couple of Scotty Camerons. There's a couple of two balls. Like there's, and it's it. We're the same way. So this putter now, it's hot, but it doesn't mean that you'll never try something else again. Oh yeah. You never know when it's going to start acting up. So you got to uh, keep a few options close by. Because it's never the arrow. It's always got to be the Indian, but we're going to change out that Absolutely. arrow because we're not going to blame ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so it, it really is crazy how golf works. We were talking to um, Kramer yesterday and Kramer said that he actually, his, his game had been going pretty well lately. And he said that he found a tip on Instagram a golf tip where he, his takeaway thought was to like, he was shaking hands with somebody going back and then holding the pizza tray at the top. And that that's what he thought. And that it's worked for him. What's the strangest either swing thought or place you've ever gotten a golf thought from that's actually worked for you. That's a good question. I don't know that I've ever had anything quite like that. Maybe I, maybe I need to search for some more, uh, some more help. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I can't really think of anything like that. Um, do you ever watch? Do you, do you ever watch YouTube videos or Instagram or anything for golf tips? Or are you more with some guy that goes on and digs it out of the dirt? Yeah, I would say I'm definitely more the guy that digs it out of the dirt. And for me, you know, I would say I'm a lot more of a field player. I I like to work the golf ball both ways, high low. So, you know, when I get off, I generally go back to, you know, just trying to hit a lot of the shots I'm having trouble with. Um, you know, if I'm kind of overfading it, whatever, I'll hit a lot of draws and try to try to work my golf swing back into form that way. No, I know that you cannot watch the TV coverage that goes on, obviously, while you're on the golf course. But I want you to know that Nick Faldo was getting very cheesy while watching you on Saturday. I don't know if you've heard this yet or not, but on Saturday, you rolled in a pretty good putt. And I think you had made two or three birdies in a row. And Nick Faldo used the term, and I quote, Tom Hoagie's on a roll. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. <laughs> like, no. Probably no. not the first guy to say that. Yep. No, he's not. I'm like, come on, come on. You can do better than that, sir, Nick. But it, uh, it, it, it is fun to see. Um, it was, it, it was, it was great to watch in somebody that I think most people as watching the AT&T felt like, Hey, Jordan's going to win this tournament. He won it in the past. He's got a lead. And then what can, maybe you can speak to how life-changing is it to win a PGA tour event? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if I was quite prepared for that moment when I finished, um, everything that went with winning. And it really didn't sink in for a while. But, um, you know, looking back now for a little over a week, you know, winning at Pebble Beach, you know, such an iconic place. So many great champions there, you know, has, it carries so much meaning. Um, the events that it gets me in going up, coming forward, you know, Augusta National, the Masters, a place that I've always wanted to play and, and I've never been to watch, never stepped foot in property. So, wow. So that's a big one for me, you know. I mean, there's just so much that goes with it. So many doors that are opened that um, it is huge. And, and, you know, being my eighth year out here, I would say I've always felt like I'm the guy that's just trying to get to the next year on the PGA Tour. You know, just keep 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 my card every year, check off the next year out here. And now all of a sudden I've, you know, got to kind of reassess those goals. And, um, you know, I've got a couple of years of exemption now. Right in all the majors pretty much in all these big events. So, you know, time to set, set the sights a little bit higher and try to push myself a little bit harder. You know, my favorite part of your answer there is something that you didn't say. It didn't have a damn thing to do with the money. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, listen, the, the, I'm sure the check on Monday morning was nice. I'm sure it was great. However, that's not while that's not why you're there. And <laughs> that also leads me back a little bit to the money grabs that people are, are are reportedly going to make. But the fact that the life-changing episode for you was you are able to play more PGA Tour events now, guaranteed for a couple of years. You're going to be able to go to a golf course that you've always dreamed of playing that you've never stepped foot on. Those are life-changing events that you'll always remember. Um, there was a time that Tiger Woods didn't know who Tom Hoagie was. He was asked about it because you were a 36-hole leader. And I believe you played with Tiger, am I correct? Yep. Well, now your name is on a trophy at a golf course that Tiger Woods' name is on. Those are the life-changing things that the PGA Tour does that is not going to happen in another league. Without a doubt. I mean, well said. You know, um, 
I will say, you know, with with a good run of play there leading into Pebble Beach, that it was probably one of the first tournaments I've played where I really wasn't thinking about money or FedEx Cup points or anything coming down the stretch because I, you know, I I had locked up my card already for the year. Um, I've, I've been comfortable financially, you know, with some good play in the past. So it was kind of one of those first times where you're really free to just go out and try to win this golf tournament. Um, and that that can change things quite a bit. And um you know, for me, like I've said, you know, with so much talk with Saudi Golf League and this and that, and, you know, I've kind of been hit with more of a sense of gratitude and, and just be grateful. You know, I, we touched on it earlier. I was at Pebble Beach playing playing their spyglass, you know, unbelievable golf courses. The weather was perfect. You're getting paid millions of dollars to go do this. Life's, life's pretty good. We've got everything that we want. So uh, just be very grateful for what I've got. It is pretty good. Have Was there a time in the past, Tom, where you did stand over a putt and the amount of money, what that putt was worth or could be was in your head? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of them, especially when you're coming down the stretch on Sundays, because, um, you know, it's big money when you're up there at the top. And, um, you know, those are some big putts, you know, and more so than the money is, you know, keeping your card, um, getting into the, you know, once you keep your car, get into that next FedEx cup event, you know, there's, there's so many implications that every putt has coming down the stretch as far as opening up new doors for more golf tournaments for you. So those thoughts are always there. And it's the guys that can kind of manage that the best that can seem to start making those putts on Sunday. And I know I saw in your Instagram yesterday, you posted your master's invite. Was that sent to your house or was that handed to you? How did that work? Yeah, that was sent to our house. My wife, Kelly was at home this week. So she was able to open that one. And, um, Pretty cool. You know, um, that's kind of what you always set out, you know, for me, you know, Tiger winning in 1997, the masters was kind of one of those moments that really got me pushed into golf and hooked on it. And, um, always wanted to play in the masters, you know, such a cool event. And I think that everybody always looks forward to that one here, you know, just cause it's so recognizable, you know, playing the yeah. same golf course every year. And, um, like I said, I've never stepped foot of the property. Wow. I'm not one of those guys I would say that that said I wasn't going to go until I played. I don't know if I really had that thought, but um, I'm certainly looking forward to it. That's I mean, that it really is life changing to be able to play Augusta National. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that round in 2015 when you were paired with Tiger? What was that experience like? Were, were you super nervous that did being paired with Tiger affect your play? Like, how did that day go? Because I'm sure you still remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, that was my first time um, in the final group on the weekend, uh, paired with Tiger, tied for the lead on Saturday at Wyndham. And I was going into the week, you know, about 130th in the FedEx Cup. So I needed a good week in order to make the FedEx Cup playoffs the next week. And, um, you know, the way my season had gone, I really did nothing until about May or June. And I played great for a couple months to get me to that point. You know, I had some top 10. So I've been playing really well. I felt great about how things were. And, you know, you get to play with Tiger, who I'd always looked up to on Saturday. So I was fired up. I was ready to go. It was funny because I hit two great shots. I hit a I hit a hybrid off the tee and a wedge in there to a front left pin to about four feet just above the hole. Tiger steps up and makes about a 15-footer. Everybody's going nuts. <laughs> and uh, I got over that putt. You know, it's probably a couple balls outside left from four feet down the hill. And... Uh, I've never felt like that over a putt before, you know, just the excitement, the adrenaline, everything you've got going in your body. And just to try to, just to try to feel still over a putt was like impossible. Right. <laughs> and then to top it off, I felt like if I, if I lipped that putt out on the high side, I could put it off the green down a hill about 20 yards away. So I just, 
lagged that four footer up there close and uh, away we went that day. But um, how was the experience playing with Tiger? It was fantastic. He's great to play with. Makes it very easy for you. And um, do you, do you it, think he understands that, that you're nervous? Does he understand that you're probably playing in front of a bigger crowd than you've ever played in front of? Does he seem to yeah, kind of and, understand and, that's going on? Well, he's, he's certainly aware that, you know, when he, when he holds out the crowds, there's no, there's no controlling what the crowd's going to do at that point. So he tries to make it easy for you and let you go first to finish if you want to, um, you know, just, just very respectful. And, you know, it's amazing seeing what he goes through every day that he tees it up, you know, the crazy stuff that's being yelled at him all day long to try to get his attention. Um, I guess really looking at it, he's got the 16th hole at Scottsdale every day of his life, basically everywhere he goes. Um, that's good point. But, this pretty, pretty eye-opening um, to, to see, but, you know, I played great that day. It was a lot of fun. I felt like I played well and, you know, being in those situations and environments, you know, are kind of what leads to the next step towards winning. And um, you need those days to, to really figure out where you stand and what you got to do better internally. Now you're playing this week uh, in the Genesis. Is this your first time playing the Genesis or have you played it multiple times before? I've played probably three or four times in the past. Um, you know, I, it's one of my favorite golf courses on tour that we play, Riviera. And uh, I would say, you know, certainly up there for pretty much everyone on tour. Um, such a great golf course, Tita Green. You've got to hit it great around here. There's no faking it. And it's just one of those golf courses that you look at it and none of the holes seem that difficult themselves. But it's right. just very, very hard to put a good score together at the end of the day and, and really shoot a low number. It is. And I'm sure you've got a pro-am later today that you'll have to be at. Um, have you played the golf course already this week? I played on Monday in a pro-am as well. Um, the course is playing firm. I expect it to get real firm by the weekend. Not a lot of rough this year. It's a little bit different, but, um, you know, was we had some hail, Was there a hailstorm yesterday? Yeah, there's some rain, hail, everything yesterday. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that changed the golf course conditions when we get up there this afternoon. Yeah, I saw a picture yesterday. It looked like almost like snow, but it was, it was hail. But yeah. I don't know if that was just yesterday or if that happened before. So that will obviously have some effect on the golf course. It'll play a little different today than it played on Monday. Correct. Yeah. I expect it to be a little bit softer. Um, so, um, you know, hopefully it'll firm up again by the weekend because Riviera when it's firm is as good as it gets. Yeah, no, it really is a be beautiful golf course. It's got that drivable par four that do you, do you, do you lay it up? Do you go? So, so what's your strategy now, as you go in, here we are on a Wednesday, you play your program today, golf tournament starts tomorrow. Do you have your strategy set for that drivable par four or will you judge it when you get there, depending on score and where you are? Yeah. So my first year here, um, I guess it was my rookie year on tour. I played here in very firm golf course that year as well. I, I, went for the green when both the pins were on the left side of the green laid up when they were back. Right. I think I birdied it both times. I went for it and made a bogey and a double bogey laying up. So uh, ever since then, my strategy has been pretty clear. I'm going for this green every time. <laughs> and uh, you know, really you just try to hit it in that front left, you know, even the bunker is not horrible up there 30, 40 yards short. Cause you've got the angle coming up the green there. Um, you're just trying to get to that left side, even even kind of back left as fast as you can, hopefully in one shot, and then just try to get it on the green and make a four and get out of there. So that's what you'll do regardless of of, of whether you're in first place or whether you're trying to make the cut. Yeah, I mean, that, that hole opens up so much better if you're 
really coming up that angle of the green, or even if you're over there in some some of the left trees, you know, at least you've got a shot to, to use the slope in your favor. If you get right, if you get kind of back there, you know, short or long right, you're coming straight downhill with no room, and it's no way to get out the green. Really good field this week. Top 11 in the uh, official world golf rankings are in the field. One of the, the, the really the last two tournaments, we are seeing stronger fields. You enjoy playing in stronger field tournaments like that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, just uh, that love of competition again, you know, you want to see all the best guys playing. Hopefully um, we're able to get a lot more of these guys that'll play, you know, big events like this more frequently. And I think that's, you know, what everybody wants to see, you know, and the argument that the Saudi golf league would have is that try to get the big name guys together a little more often outside of the majors. So, uh, you know, it's always been a great field here at Riviera. Um, and this year's no different for sure. You know, you got, I think he said, it t- I think 10 of the top 10 are here, all of mm-hmm. them. So, um, yeah. Now yeah. it adds to your FedEx cup points. You get more FedEx cup points and more official world golf ranking points when there's a stronger field, right? Yeah. I, I don't look a whole lot at that. I think that invitational status here on tour comes with a few more FedEx cup points, but, um, yeah, my, I'm just, I have a hard enough time just trying to go play well. So that's all I'm trying to take care of. That makes sense. Well, Tom, man, it's your story is, is amazing. You've played well over the last, I mean, really the last few months, like I said, going back to the RSM last season uh, or actually earlier in the fall season with it, with it being the wraparound, but it's, it's really been, been an amazing run. And now once again, you've got your uh, status booked by winning. So you're not out there wondering if you're, you know, you're not, you're not playing for your life every single week. And now you're able to focus on your golf game, which obviously has had an amazing uh, effect because now you're playing so much better, but, before we uh, let you get out of here and get onto your pro-am, we do a thing called the emergency nine. So I'll ask you a quick nine questions. Some are golf related, some are not. You just give me the first uh, thing that comes to your head. So number one, yep. what is your favorite tournament on the PGA tour? Hmm. Colonial is a favorite because it's the hometown one, but uh, also this week at Riviera, I just really love playing this golf course. Do you put more pressure on yourself to win in your hometown? Do you feel that? I want to say there's more pressure to win. You know, I think there's um, a lot of distractions that come from being at your hometown event, you know, just so much going on that week, but um, you know, it's so much fun being there at home, getting to sleep in your own bed and uh, see a lot of friends. Amen to that. Uh, Phone call or send a text message. What would you rather do? Uh, Text message. Text message. Okay. (laughs) I feel like most guys are like that. I feel like if I, if I talk, if I asked my wife, she'd say, she'd say make seven phone calls, but no, I'd rather (laughs) Uh, music on the golf course or no? Uh, I don't listen to music, but I'm not opposed to it. I'm fine with fine with everybody having that around me. All right. The dumbest thing you've ever heard or seen from a fan on the golf course? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it had to be something with Tiger in the group. Um, People do yell dumb shit. A lot of dumb stuff. Um, <laughs> like the, getting the whole guy on the par five. Like, really, dude? I mean, come on. Like, I mean, come on, really? God, I can't think of anything specifically. But um, there would have been a lot from the days I was playing with Tiger because everybody's yelling something crazy to try to get his attention for sure. That's insane. Uh, if you weren't a pro golfer, how would we know Tom Hoagie? What would he be doing? Mm. Well, you probably wouldn't know me, that's for sure. Um I don't know. I was kind of a numbers guy, you know, accounting and finance was my degree. So I would say something down that path, but um, 
I'm certainly glad I don't have to use those degrees because uh, I don't know if I would have made it very far. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, this will be a good question here. Player that you would be most nervous to be paired with. Now, most people answer Tiger, but you've already been paired with Tiger. So is there anybody you'd be more nervous to be paired with than you were with Tiger? Tiger was it. I mean, I was, yeah, those were some nervous days um, and all that went with it. Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, my eighth year on tour, I've been paired with pretty much everyone now. So I've been exposed to pretty much everything. So I think I'm in a pretty good spot now. Obviously you enjoy, you won't have to give any names, but obviously you enjoy being paired with some people more than others. Yeah, no doubt for me. Uh, I would just generally say that I enjoy the fast players over the slow players. And we'll, that we'll seems to be that. the, that is the golden <laughs> answer every single time. Nobody wants to take forever to play golf. Yep. Um, the most famous number in your cell phone. Hmm. That's a tough one. You know, um, you didn't exchange think. numbers with tiger after the round. <laughs> no, I don't quite have tiger's number. That's for sure. Um, I don't know. You know, our, our football coach at TCU coach Patterson was always oh, nice. uh, a legend. Um, he's a good friend. Got to play with Ron Rivera, coach of the Washington. I don't even know what their command, name they're is. The, they're, the old, the old they're football the, team. Yeah, they're the command. They were the Redskins and the football team. Oh, yeah, the commanders, yeah, yeah. I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was a great guy to play with, but probably one of those guys. Are most That's awesome. Uh, best or most memorable shot you've ever hit in your life. Hmm. I probably got to go with the shot into 16 uh, at Pebble Beach now after that, uh, and all that came with that. That was amazing. That was a good shot. Uh, and last but not least, are you a shop on Amazon guy or do you have to go to the store and touch it? I've got to go to the store. I don't know if I've ever bought anything off of Amazon, believe it or not. Are you serious? That might be the most shocking thing we've heard yet. Forget what Kramer said. Well, hold on. My wife, my wife can handle that. No problem. Okay, but I don't yeah. know if I'm actually. <laughs> wow. That's cr- good for you, man. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Well, what's your, uh, what's your status moving forward now that you can play pretty much any tournament you want to play? Uh, where will we see you moving forward after uh, the, after it rid the Genesis week? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I've got a tough, I've, I've never been one to take a lot of weeks off because mm-hmm. um I go home and I play golf with the guys at home anyways. So I feel like I might as well play for a million dollars every week instead of 40 bucks at home every day. But, uh, <laughs> but the only thing is you're guaranteed to win probably that 40 bucks at home than, than, than the million bucks. Mm, on tour. Some of those, some of those guys have some good handicaps figured out. Uh, times are tough. They're but, sandbagging um, you, Tom. They're sandbagging you. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, in the short term, you know, obviously I get in the masters, I get in the match play. Um, so those will be some new events on my schedule. But um, I got love Honda playing. coming up. You playing Honda? I'm taking Honda off. You know, this is my sixth week in a row, so wow. I'm ready for a Makes week sense. at home. Um, play API. I'll, I'll play. I'll play Bay Hill. I'll play the players. I'll take Tampa off probably, and then play uh, match play. So, you know, that's kind of as far out as I've got with my schedule so far. And um, hopefully, take a look at that next week. And then start ramping up for the Masters for your first trip to Augusta National. But that's going to be an that's going to be a special drive the first time you drive down Magnolia Lane. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping I can get out and um, play a few practice rounds in advance and maybe take some friends over there. That'll be awesome, man. Well, Tom, thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. Good luck at Riv this week, and we will definitely hunt you down to say what's up at the players. But uh, good luck, and be here next week. We have got somebody that is never short of an opinion. We've got Brandel Chambly here on the uh, Stripe Show podcast next Wednesday, so make sure you tune into that. I know Brandel's going to have a lot to say about 
Charlie Hoffman at the uh, Waste Management, Phil Mickelson. He's already wrote an article about that. Uh, I spoke to him last night about Kramer Hickok in the uh, uh, Saudi League. So we will talk to Brandel Chambly next week. So you will not want to miss that. And we'll obviously recap Riv as well and and uh, preview what's coming up at the Honda. So thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. We will talk to you guys soon. Don't forget, give us a good rating, subscribe, and we'll be here every single week. And thanks so much for tuning in.